Chart Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, September 16th, 2019. I'm Caitlin Flay. And I'm Tanner Green. And you are listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the US and UK charts. Tanner, what a week it's been. I'm severely exhausted. I hear from the week you had that you're probably also pretty severely exhausted. Yes, if I sound a little under the weather, that's because I'm on the tail end of a cold that kind of destroyed my entire week. (laughs) I was telling Caitlin before we started recording that I got maybe one hour of sleep on Tuesday night tops, so uh, I'm mostly over it, but again, if I sound a little sick, that's that's why. How are you? <laughs> it's not because of me. That's good no, to know. No, heavens. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to do this episode. I was, I don't know, I was stressed about it for a while because I was like working and work is so much harder than it was last year. And I was like, okay, okay. I gotta find time to make this outline. So I'm like happy that we're here now and happy that that stress is over. Yes. And thanks to the guests too that we had on the the Taylor Swift Lana kind of split episodes. That was super fun. Yeah. And we're always looking for more guests. So if you know some stuff about music and you would like to be on Chart Chat, please let us know. Reach out. We're always looking to make new friends through music. Aren't we, Tanner? Always. Yay. Okay. Let's get right into it, my friends, with the UK official chart entries from last week. At number 100, we had Blossoms with their song Your Girlfriend. Teardrops by Kano debuted at number 95. Torn by Ava Max debuted just above that at 93. Then we have ASAP Rocky at number 89 with Babushka Boy. (laughs) I can never say that and not laugh. Babushka Boy, oh my gosh, okay. Graduation by Benny Blanco and Juice World debuted at 88. And then at 86, we have a slight little Tekka block here. So he debuts with Love Me at 86, and then again at 84 with his song Did It Again. At number 82, we had Cadet with his song Gang Gang. Pan Fried, that's a collaboration between Kano and Kojo Funds, debuted at 70. At number 67, this one was horrific. I put a star by it because I literally can't with this song. Jax Jones, Tovlo, Jacques. Delete it from Spotify. Like, petition to delete it from all streaming services. Starts here on Chart Chat. Then at 62, we had Ray with the much better song, Love Me Again. We had Dino featuring Dig Dat at 53 with the song Change. And then we had two songs crack the top 50, one of which is the one and only Lana Del Rey, with her title track from her new album, Norman Effing Rockwell. We're back to not cursing on the podcast. And then, almost cracking the top 10. Kind of happy this one didn't, because I'm not a huge fan of it. At number 11, Post Malone Circles. That's it for me, Tanner. Alrighty, kicking things off on the US side of things. At number 98, where J Balvin and Bad Bunny debut with La Cancion. Lil Tecca debuts at number 97 with the first of a couple tracks. Uh, this one's called Love Me. Above that at number 96, 
The Bones by Marin Morris. Number 94, we've got For King and Country and their song God Only Knows. Good Vibes by Chris Jansen debuts at number 90, right above that at number 89. Berserk by Big Sean featuring ASAP Ferg and Hit Boy, a song that's way better than its VMA performance would have you believe. I was surprised at least. Number 84 and 80, we've got two more little Tekka songs. Those are Shots and Out of Luck. Number 77, we've got Heat by Chris Brown featuring Gunna. Caitlin's favorite title of the week, Babushka Boy by ASAP Rocky debuts at number 69. Another Lana Del Rey track debuts at number 59. This time it's a Sublime cover, weirdly enough. It's called Doing Time. And cracking the top 10 at number 7. It's Post Malone, Circles. Caitlin, I feel like this is the first episode we've been together in a while. What you bring into the grand reunion? We have to talk about Lil Tecca. I just feel like it's time. So I want to start off with a story because I love stories. I am in charge of this elementary school chorus at my new job. So it's basically like between 50 and 70 kids every Monday morning, fourth through sixth graders. It's literally like herding cats. They actually sound like cats, like they're indistinct chatter. It's wild. So one of the kids who was kind of hesitant about joining came to the rehearsal last week and he was like, hey, Miss Flay, like kind of took me aside, was like, hey, Miss Flay, do you listen to Lil Tecca? And I was like, oh, it kind of sounds familiar while I was looking at literally like 70 farm animals screaming in a single room. And I didn't really think anything else of it, didn't go and search for Lil Tecca, whatever. So then he shows up on the UK charts, Lil Tecca. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what this kid was saying. And a light bulb went off. So before he came into my class the other day, I was like, hey, dude, like I heard this song. I think it's called like Love Me or something. And he's like, oh my gosh, you listened to the Lil Tecca album. And it just like warmed my heart. Like he was almost in tears because of how cool he thought it was that I was listening to Lil Tecca. Okay. So who is Lil Tecca? Great question. Tyler Justin Anthony Sharp, what a name, 17 years old from Queens, New York. Very young kid, still in high school. And he kind of had this fairy tale explosion in popularity due to his SoundCloud page and due to a song in particular called Ransom. Tanner, I know you tracked this one. It didn't really pop up on my radar, though. Do you want to speak on that for a second? Sure. It's, uh, Unknown quantity in a lot of ways. I imagine if you're listening to this, you've already heard it. As of this recording, it's at number four on the Hot 100 in the U.S. and still rising. It's infectious. It's an earworm. It's super short. And that's kind of about it. I also made a mashup of it with uh, Famous Texas Japan, but that's another matter. But yeah, it's a nice little song. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we're seeing a lot of this recently. Like some really young artists creating very, very short snippets of songs, like very short, small ideas, which is cool. It almost reminds me of Tentacion and how he kind of made his music a little bit. But anyway, so these artists are kind of popping up and then shooting up like weeds, like super popular memes, and then they get shared around and it's really cool. But what happens to super popular memes after a little while? They become stale memes. No one wants to see them anymore. And then they just kind of fade away. This is not a shot at Lil Nas X. I don't believe you. Go on. (laughs) You're so mean to me. I feel like Lil Nas X and Lil Tecca, they're in the same vein. They participate in the same vein of popular music right now. 
I mean, obviously Lil Nas X has that glaring country controversy attached to his rise to fame. Lil Tecca has nothing of the sort, but I don't know. If you need something to compare it to, that would be that would be the one. You also might consider Juice World, since uh, Ransom and a lot of other Lil Tecca tracks are produced by Nick Mira, who's the same guy who's he produced Lucid Dreams, which is Juice World's big breakout hit, and produced a lot of other Juice World tracks as well. So that's another sort of uh, similar person in orbit to keep in mind. I like that comparison. Let's listen to Love Me. This is a track from Lil Tecca's new album titled We Love You Tecca. Okay, once again, that track is called Love Me, Lil Tecca. And my immediate thought when I heard this was, wow, this is going to be a great track for teaching the kiddos about syncopation. You have this great little percussive synth that just goes bum, 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 like kind of throughout the whole thing. So it'll be nice that they'll actually be able to listen to something that they enjoy and learn about syncopation. So back to the song. It's short. It's catchy. I love that the hook starts with, yeah, I know you see the drip and you like it. It's a very, like, it kind of hooks you into the song. I don't know. It's dumb. Like, I feel dumb saying it, but the effect that it has on my ears is that it just pulls me in and I like kind of, I start to move around a little bit. And I love when songs can do that for me. And kind of zooming out a little bit, only one track on that entire album, We Love You Tekka, exceeds three minutes. So this goes back to what Tanner was saying about Ransom, and that track, I believe, now has well over 200 million streams on Spotify, which is wild. But having said that, Pitchfork gave him a very, very, very savage album review. Uh, And the author, I didn't note it down, but the author kind of slams Lil Tecca for the lack of variation on the album, so everything kind of blends together. And then there's also an argument about the unbelievability of his lyrics, that he's really just harping on tropes that we hear in rap songs all the time. But he's 17 and looks like a nerd. So I feel like the album review is a little bit harsh. I think that what do you want him to rap about then? Like, being in high school? I don't think anyone wants that. Like, I don't want that from Taylor Swift anymore. I don't want... I, I don't need it. So anyway, I honestly think that Lil Tecca could be the kind of rapper that could follow in, let's say, Cardi B's footsteps. So I remember... It might have been last year we did an episode, uh, and how our 
good friend. Cardi B used to really suck at rapping. She just never varied her flow. It was cringy. I don't know. And Tech is 17 years old. He's young. He has time to grow and develop and take lessons and do what he needs to do, just like Cardi B did what she needed to do. And I think it's, in my mind, it's almost a race. It's going to be a race for him to see if he can beat out that stale meme syndrome that a lot of young SoundCloud rappers seem to suffer from once they make it big on the charts. I am done. <laughs> Tanner, um, what do you have to say about maybe Lil Tecca's album in general or this track, Love Me? Yeah, and the way you phrase that question cracks me up because I really think it is kind of one of the, one and the same in a lot of ways. Uh, I think I'm a little more in line with the Pitchfork review than maybe you are in terms of finding the repetition, the stylistic repetition and the, the repetitional flow on the album really draining. I don't particularly enjoy Love Me, but I think the differences between Love Me and most of the other tracks on the album are pretty slight. And it's interesting, I've been kind of thinking about how the rhythms and the textures of the keyboard on this remind me a little bit of the type of stuff you see on the UK charts from people like Notes. And so maybe it doesn't surprise me that this one's making an appearance in the UK. Uh, so I don't know if I'd be surprised if it climbed much further, but I, you know, I prefer Ransom, but preferring Love Me is totally fine. And it's like preferring Vanilla to Vanilla Bean. It's it's kind of shades of difference, I figure, between the two. So it's all right. Uh, I want to kind of put a bookmark in what you just said, because I find it really interesting. Like there might be a deeper argument to be made there for how instrumental sounds direct taste or what kind of sound what what we can glean from sounds by looking at the charts not necessarily the artists not necessarily the lyrics i i kind of i want to return to that that's really cool but we must forge ahead last song i'm going to talk about for the week super quickly we're going even lower on the rungs of the uk official charts now number 100 Blossoms. They are a band, but they actually call themselves a rock quintet, which I think is really cute. <laughs> I don't know. It's just adorable. And they are from the Manchester area of England. Tanner, quick question to start us off here. Have you listened to much, if any, of their music? And could you potentially guess maybe when the band was formed? To answer your first question, not a lick of it before uh, prepping for this episode. And to answer your second question, I don't know, 2014 or something like that. The name would make me think of like some sort of big uh, hoorah band, like Fun or Bastille or something like that. So I don't know. A great guess. Wow. Very well informed. They actually formed in 2013. Based on the sound, if you had listened to them before, and I have played this little thought experiment with a bunch of my friends who are into Britpop. They sound a lot older than their band actually is. So I'm sure you'll be able to hear a little bit about what I'm talking about uh, when we play the clip. But first, I'm not going to go into a lot of background because we have talked about Blossoms before on the podcast. And I believe it was their single, I Can't Stand It, that came out last year. Don't remember a ton about what we said. I do remember the very long intro I gave, though. And just as a sidebar before we play the clip, if you are into super weird music videos, Tanner, definitely check out the music video to this. All of the characters 
are wearing these weird like outfits masks kind of thing and they're kind of androgynous for the most part so it kind of puts the song in a much different context than if you were just listening to it without the visuals so highly recommend doing that (laughs) i don't know i feel a little bit weird i was like ew this is it's not my thing but maybe it's for someone else so anyway let's listen to your girlfriend by blossoms I have one word to say. Britpop. Woo! I get so triggered by Britpop now because I wrote a paper about it in grad school. Kind of ruined it for me. Anyway, Blossoms reminds me a lot of Blur. Like, a lot of early Blur, a lot of suede. They just sound like them, but it's not annoying to me. Usually when I hear copycats, I'm like, give me the original. Like, the snob that I am. But I think, I don't know. I like these guys. They kind of remind me of Arctic Monkeys, The Verve. Like, there are a lot of people doing music like this right now. And while I was listening now, I had another one come to mind. Oh, Foster the People. It's, I don't know. It's just kind of in this non-ironic 90s copycatting almost. And it's fine. It's fine. I think it's cool. Anyway. The song's good, it's playful, the instrumentation is almost painfully basic, which I think is also kind of funny in a way. Anyway, I think there's a lot of clever lines, and that's why I like this song. It's basically about being in love with your best friend's significant other, and I feel like at one point or another in your life, that has happened to you. And you may never have admitted it to anyone, and that's okay. You never have to. But you know it happened. I love the lines, is it possible she likes me too? I'm not sure if I should read between those lines. I feel like in a lot of songs that I've listened to recently, reading between the lines is just like an action that someone is already doing in the song. And stepping away from it I thought was cool. I just like to hear it phrased. I'm not sure if I should read between those lines. And the other thing that stuck out at me was, and now your girlfriend is ringing in my ears again. I should be moving out, but I can't because we just signed a lease. (laughs) Like, that's hilarious. That's freaking hilarious. Anyway, Tanner, I feel like it might be one of those songs that kind of goes in one of your ears and out the other, but... I'm hoping you may have some thoughts for our listeners. You know what's funny? I like this a pretty good deal. Yes! And I know you weren't expecting it. I didn't really have any expectations because I didn't know really what I was getting into. But 
two things. First off, the Britpop connection. I don't know very much Britpop. That's Caitlin's area of expertise, but I know some of the inspirations that Britpop drew from. And what I first thought of when I heard this song was the kinks. For the sake of time, I'm not going to play any kinks songs, but the singer on this song sounds fairly reminiscent of Ray Davies, uh, the lead singer of the kinks, which is a pretty quick shortcut to my heart. Kinks are great. But also, on a detail level, this is where I'm going to get like ridiculously sort of nitpicky in a positive way. Zoom in. <laughs> I'm going to direct your attention to the beginning of the song. What does it start with? A cowbell. But not just any cowbell. If you have headphones, uh, this will be easier to pick out. But if you listen, it goes left to right. It's two hits. First one's in the left channel of the headphones of the, the stereo. Uh, second hit is in the right. And then if you go to the chorus, you have a similar sort of hard panning going on with the snare towards the ends of phrases. And the first time that happens in the chorus, it goes left, right. And then later in the chorus, it goes right, left, and then left, right, and then right, left. There's the symmetry within the chorus that is fascinating to me on a really microscopic level. I think that's super cool. And then for a point of contrast, if you go to the bridge towards the ends of the phrases in the bridge where you might expect a similar sort of echoing going on, you have two snare hits, but they're right in the center. They're smack dab, just tight bop bop. And I think that just shows a, a, a level of attention to detail that you don't get with every song that I really admire and really kind of look for in music that I get excited about. Uh, I think the, having that cowbell at the beginning of the song is like the perfect primer. It's like foreshadowing what's going to come later in the song. And then the bridge is a nice contrast. Without it, the song would be fine. But I think with it, the song is a little refreshing and a little interesting. And I'm into it. Yay! That's so good to hear. Oh, that is the end of my little segment for the week. God only knows what Tanner could be talking about. Speaking of foreshadowing, blah, blah, blah. Nope, I hate myself. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, yes, we are talking about God only knows. Instead of doing two tracks as usual, I started outlining for this and the rabbit hole continued to get deeper and deeper. So I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, Big Sean, but uh, we're just going to talk about this song. So we're only talking about... For King and Country and their song God Only Knows. A little bit of background. They're a Christian pop duo consisting of brothers Joel and Luke Smallbone. They were both born in Sydney, but they eventually moved to Nashville when they were still kids. And their music career was kind of an interesting start. They were first backup singers for their sister, Rebecca St. James, who herself was a super successful CCM musician and even won a Grammy at the end of the 90s. And by the time these brothers, uh, Joel and Luke were in their 20s. They started self-releasing music under their first names. And then in 2009, they signed to Warner, changed their name to Forking and Country, the name we see hitting the Hot 100 this week for the first time. This is the first time they've hit the Hot 100 in their entire career again at number 94. 
but they've been building up to this milestone for the better part of the decade. While their debut album peaked only at number 128 on the Billboard 200 back in 2012, their most recent release called Burn the Ships actually cracked the top 10 last year, uh, debuted at number 7 last October. Also, they won two Grammys in 2015. That album is where this week's Hot 100 debut comes from, and it's also where the story gets particularly interesting. So God Only Knows is the fifth song by Four King and Country to top the Christian Airplay chart, but it's not topping that chart in tandem with its Hot 100 debut, like you might expect. The song isn't even on that Airplay chart anymore. Instead, I think its appearance on the Hot 100 is the result of a super long and super fascinating trail of remixes that have kind of periodically come out over the past months. But before I say any more, let's listen to the original version, which was released again last October. A very familiar timbral palette, let's say. Maybe uh, Imagine Dragons, Caitlin? I would go maybe a little bit more ex-ambassadors there. Um, there are a couple brothers actually in ex-ambassadors, so brother bands, so fun. Wow. Brother bands. No, not, mm. Jonas Brothers better watch out, maybe? We'll see. But in <laughs> June of this year, God Only Knows was remixed by Timbaland, which is weird. What the hell? And what? then... If listeners and Caitlin remember the song Cool Kids, wish that I could be like the cool kids. Love that. The band behind that song is Echo Smith, and they're also on this Timbaland remix. So setting aside the fact that these names are kind of unexpected to crop up, at least from my perspective, I feel like this isn't a super radical remix. Uh, It definitely nudges the song closer to hip-hop, but it nudges it closer to hip-hop in a way that's very much in the vein of the trap pop you hear even more frequently on the radio than even the Imagine Dragons or Ex-Ambassadors tampers. Caitlin? When I first started listening to that clip, I was like, oh my god, the little twinkly hi-hats, like, it's just like so trap but it's so just like watered down i don't know it's it's kind of to me it's comical i don't want it to be comical but mm, mm, timbaland what are you doing and didn't this is a tangent but didn't we talk about timbaland in the context of like a uk charity single with surgeons singing or something like that yes like i don't what is he doing yeah he's just doing whatever you know whatever you know strikes his fancy is at that point in his career and then get back on them. So there are plenty of other remixes of this track we could talk about, but the one I think finally pushed the song into the Hot 100 is the one that came out at the very end of last month. There was a video and everything. It was a whole big deal. And I'm going to play a longer clip for this remix. Uh, that way you get a better sense of the guest's contributions. So here's God Only Knows with the addition of the legendary Dolly Parton. You keep a cover over every single secret So afraid if someone saw them they would 
about easy shortcuts when it comes to the kinks and it might be an easy shortcut to make me like a song by adding dolly parton to it but it certainly helps a whole lot she sounds really fantastic here her voice is both worn and also warm which i think is a really good combination for lines like god only knows what you've been through there's that weariness uh it's really fantastic at embodying sort of the pathos of that line but i think the remix also works in ways that go beyond just adding Dolly Parton to the mix. It strips away the sort of booming scale of the other two versions that we heard, add some acoustic guitar for a bit more intimacy, take out the super boomy bass and the pitch-shifted vocals, add a little tasteful shaker to the chorus. It feels like, among those three versions that we heard, it feels like the only version of the song that is actually kind of arranged and performed in keeping with the tone and message of the song. And because of that, I feel like it makes it clear that it's actually kind of well-written. It's nothing amazing, but it gives me sort of a occasion to think about the song in connection with Lauren Daigle and her song You Say, which listeners are probably familiar with. We won't play a clip. Uh, check it out on your own if you like. But as of this recording, that song is enjoying its 59th week at number one on the Hot Christian Singles chart. And I bring that up particularly because Lauren Daigle, You Say, crossed over to the Hot 100 in a really huge way that Christian songs don't usually these days. It hit number 29 on the Hot 100, even hit number 20 on the radio songs chart. And so with that in mind, I look at God Only Knows finally entering the Hot 100 after months and months of promotions and multiple high-profile remixes, and I start to wonder if we're in a period where label executives are starting to see a greater potential for CCM crossover in the wake of Lauren Daigle's sort of smash success with You Say. Remains to be seen... That's my deep dive. Caitlin, what are you thinking about any of these songs, all of these songs? Dolly Parton. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick up actually where you left off with the CCM crossover, because I think that's not only true for kind of like country rock pop, but I think it's also true for rap. Like, look at Old Town Road. You know what I mean? Like, that was just put through the ringer of remixes, and it's still like doing super well, people still love it, blah, 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 blah. So I feel like we're seeing this a lot. We might may have entered the age of the eternal remix, which is kind of frightening, but... And I know there's been discussion. I, I haven't seen anything official, but I know there's been sort of noise that Billboard is looking into changing their rules about remixes counting towards the same chart entry. So we'll see on that front. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Just so I can put my two cents in for the Dolly Parton remix... Because I know that Tanner Tanner may disagree. I love to disagree with Tanner. Dolly Parton sounds super old because she is old. I understand. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm not trying to shoot any anybody down. But when I heard that remix for the first time, 
Like, I never knew it was possible to, like, sound like a wrinkle, like just a wrinkle. She just sounds so old. And sonically, that's interesting. I don't know. My ears picked up on that. And we talk a lot about the difference between, I think, people's voices on this podcast a lot and what sticks out to us and what doesn't. And, you know, nothing really stuck out to me about the brothers' voices. Nothing really stuck out to me about Echo Smith. But Dolly Parton, you you are an earworm, a wrinkly earworm, my friend. And the rearrangement totally helps. Like it would probably not go super well if they put Dolly Parton on top of the Timbaland accompaniment. Oh, could you imagine? I want that. (laughs) But we'll have to wait for some kind soul to potentially put those two together. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to Chart Chat. If you want to listen to all this past week's chart debuts, check out a Spotify playlist in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in following us on social media, find us on Twitter and Instagram at chartchatcast. Also, check out our YouTube channel. I'm continuing to experiment with ways to upload segments of the show on that platform. Thanks to Coronation Media for our cover and intro theme. Thanks to Teej.fm for having us on the network. If you want to learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Thanks again for putting up with my sniffly, craggy voice and for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green. And I'm Caitlin Flay. And we'll catch you next week.